Hello, hello, and welcome to the Good Life with Dawn Richards podcast. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I am so happy to be back with you. It's been too long. Um, a lot has happened, as is typical this year, since we were together last. A whole election has happened, and we won't necessarily get into the weeds of all the fallout from that, but I'll just say that um, I'm very hopeful for our country. I'm hopeful for um, the people who invested in this election, the voters who spoke and were heard, and I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store for our country and the healing and the unity and the forward progression, um, I pray, in the days ahead. So I may uh, catch up on that in a dedicated episode um, sometime in the near term, but for today's purposes, I just want to start off by saying um, it really is good to be back with you. And in the words of that great evangelist, Erica Baidu, I want to ask this question. Sisters, ladies, how y'all feeling? And fellas, y'all all right? Because, you know, a lot is going on. A lot is going down, not only in the world at large, but in our individual lives. And so we have to check in on one another. And that's one of the reasons why I've been so eager to get back on here and I'm glad to be back with you, and I plan to to be more frequent as we close out 2020 because God gives me wonderful things to share, and I share them in a multitude of fashions, but the podcast is definitely um, one of the key ministry outlets and ministry vehicles that um, you know I want to continue to leverage to impart what he shares with me to just have a community where we can break bread together and we can grow in our lives um, on a practical level. We can inspire one another and we can definitely continue to flourish in God um, and enjoy the good life that Jesus promised to us in John 10, 10. So I'm excited about today's episode because we're talking today about defining success. We're going to talk today about defining success, and I don't know that we're going to get it all in in this episode. We'll see how far the Lord takes me, um, and if I feel like, you know, this is, today's episode is where we need to just kind of, you know, put a pin in it, or if it'll be a series, or if I'll visit, revisit it at some other time in the future, but I do have a few things on my heart that I believe will be insightful and will be a blessing and will cause us to really, you know, take stock of, um, our lives and how we define success as we prepare to go forward into the next day, into the next week, into the next month, into the next year. Um, so I do feel like it's very timely in that in that regard, and um, it's always a good time to just kind of slow down and really look inward and focus inward. I think so often, especially when the topic of success comes up, it, there's a lot of external. Um, emphasis and a lot of external focus, but true success, I believe, and I know even when I fall prey and victim to that external lens, I know that true success starts from the inside out because our lives are meant to be lived from the inside out. And one of the things that got me to thinking along these paths or along these lines, I should say, um, it's just reading people's commentary um, online, um, for instance, about how you define success. And some people, 
I found um, correlated success to their inner lives, but there's still that overwhelming emphasis, I think, by, um, you know, the populace at large to look at external metrics. And I'm not saying that they don't have a place, but we we ultimately want to look at success through the lens of how God defines success. And I remember years and years and years ago, my pastor actually gave us a definition for success that basically says success is doing the will of God. You know, if you are put on this earth by God for a purpose and to fulfill a purpose and you do that, then you're successful. If God created you to be in this earth and to be um, a minister of the gospel, but you decide you want to be a professional athlete because, yeah, you have that skill set and, you know, you've gotten the open door to go through it and, and become an athlete. And so you kind of put the calling to the ministry to the side. Then in the grand scheme of things, were you really a success? I would beg to differ no matter what your bank account says, no matter what the social acclaim and, and status you, you get from being this professional athlete and this, you know, renowned athlete. If you didn't fulfill the will of God for your life, the reason you inhale and exhale, then can you really call that success? God is the ultimate judge of that. And he's the one that's going to be determining if our lives were really a success. And we want to be able to hear him say, well done. But many might just hear him say, well, <laughs> ellipsis, uh, you know, what happened to the calling of, of um, that I gave you? You know, I called you to be a teacher and you decided that you wanted to, you know, go be a preacher. You know, I called you to, to, to teach children in, in the school system and you decided you wanted to have a, a, a you know, a ministry that I never called you to. So it can go in a lot of different directions. And the ultimate thing is to really seek God, hear from God, get his wisdom on your life, not what everybody else is doing, not what everybody else thinks you should be doing. But what did God say to you? What is his plan for your life? What is his purpose for your life? Because that's where true success and all the trappings that we know And we think of and we associate with success. God is not, he's not down on wealth. He's not down on, um, you know, fame in a certain sense. He's not down on, you know, you being well provisioned and healthy and strong and happy and flourishing and vibrant. It's his idea. He came up with that. That's God's idea. But it's tied in to his will for our lives. It's tied into his grace for our life and his graces for our lives. And so that's really, um, you know, I talk a lot about that. I talk about purpose and grace. I talk about, you know, all these things constantly because I really want us to make sure that we're not missing what life is truly all about in all the grand minutia and noise of day-to-day living from social media to media, traditional media to, you know, the opinions of friends and family members and loved ones and, and strangers alike, um, you know, there's a lot pulling at us. And, and the Bible says there are many voices, many voices in the earth. And they all, um, you know, are saying something. They're all with not without signification, meaning they all are saying something. But it, the question is, are they saying what we need to hear? And that's why we need to have an ear to hear God. One of the prayers that I recommend you pray, it's very simple and basic, but it's powerful is, Lord, I thank you that I have ears to hear. I thank you that I have eyes to see. And I thank you that I have a heart 
to perceive and recognize what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and doing in my life and in my midst. And just maintaining that spiritual sensitivity to the Lord and asking him to, you know, reveal things to you and, and, and guide you and lead you, that is going to get you farther down the path than any, you know, thing you can drum up or somebody can sell to you or any course you can take or anything else. And I'm not knocking any of those things. God's put God puts resources in the earth for us to leverage. I myself am a, you know, creator of resources and I want people to leverage them. I want you to leverage the podcast. I want you to leverage my articles and my devotionals and my teachings and, you know, other things that I have in the pipeline that'll be coming. So absolutely, you know, I had a radio broadcast for eight years. And so the podcast is kind of part two of that. I feel like, but when I was on the radio for eight years, I wanted people to tune in every week and hear what I had to say um, from the word of God. And so these things are definitely in the earth for us to benefit, for us to, you know, spur along what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. But we never want to displace the source with resources. That's the distinction. God is our source, capital S. And from that source, he may you know, decide to leverage and use resources, whether it's a job or a friend or an open door, a business opportunity, a minister, a teacher, a course, a book. He can, he's God. So he can do any myriad of things to get to us what we need. And that's what I love about him. He's not short on ways to bless us. He's not short on ways to help us, to lift us, to correct us, to get us back on the right track when we get off track. There's no shortage in God. And so he's the master worker. He's the master mover and shaker. And he knows how to get it done. But we need to be focused in on him. Because if you notice Jesus's ministry, he was never married to the method. He was married to the results. Meaning if someone needed healing, one day he might spit in the mud and rub clay on their eyes and they might get healed that way. Another day, he might just speak the word and they would be healed. Another day, you know, it could be something totally different where he was laying hands and praying and raising people up. So he was never married to the method. He was married to the end result. And that's how we need to be when it comes to what God has said about our lives and all he's promised Yes, he can use the job, but he can use so many other things. I mean, in the Bible, he fed people with animals. He, he sent a raven to feed Elijah, a raven. That's a bird. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine you need food, you need money, you need whatever. And you're looking in the mailbox every day. When is that extra check going to come? I know God is going to bless me. I'm, I'm just, ooh, I, did the mail come today yet? You know, did somebody mail me a check? And you're focused on one avenue when God has got a million ways to bless you and he's had, he has somebody already setting it up for you in a totally different way. So don't get tied to the method. Get tied to the results. Lord, I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you bless me. As long as you bless me, glory to God. Amen. So back to defining success and looking at it through the God lens. Jesus defines success. God defines success at the root. I think everything that you see that comes out of, you know, doing the will of God and 
following God and being rooted in God, I, ultimately, God summed it up. I believe the scripture bears witness to this in the word and in the essence of being fruitful or fruitfulness, meaning is your life bearing fruit? Are you a fruit producer? So much is said about producing fruit in the Bible. In fact, God says, if you're going to judge something and if you're going to judge somebody, I'm not really into you, you know, making a major out of judging people. But when it comes time, this is the metric. You judge a tree by the fruit it bears. So if you keep telling me that you are a pear tree, but every time I come to eat from you and glean from you and take from you and, and be fed of you, I keep getting oranges. Then I have to ultimately judge that you are an orange tree because that's the fruit that you keep giving me. Yeah, I heard you say you were a pear tree. I saw your dissertation on being a pear tree. You know, I, I saw the post about you being a pear tree and how you love being a pear tree. But you keep giving me oranges. So I'm judging you as an orange tree. And the Bible correlates success, relevancy, the need to even exist and to take up space to fruitfulness. And God is not a fan of taking up space just for taking up space's sake. He, he put his spirit inside of us. He filled us with his very being. He died and bled for us and rose again. So that we can be fruitful. Glory to God. It says he wants us to fulfill those good works that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Being fruitful in every good work. Glory to God. And I encourage you to do a word study on fruitful and fruitfulness in the Bible in your own private time. But for purposes of today's uh, message I want to call our attention to something that is, for me, just like having fresh manna from heaven. Because I've seen this scripture for decades. I've read it. I've, I've meditated on it to some degree or another. But I typically, you know, read it and kind of make a check. And then I keep it moving to some of the other verses that follow it. And if you're of the faith camp or what we call the word of faith camp, then you, you probably do the same and you'll see what I mean when I get into it. But if you have your Bibles, we are going to go into the word of God. Um, so if you happen to be able to grab your Bible, go ahead and do that. If not, you can always make the notes, come back. If you're driving, if you're doing something where you can't, you know, really get to something, then don't worry about it. The podcast is here for you when you can get back to it and just listen, just, just tune your spirit and your heart and mind to stay with me. But we're going to go now into Mark 11. That famous chapter on faith. Glory to God. And instead of fast forwarding down like we typically do to around the 22nd verse. Today we're going to back that thing up. <laughs> and we're going to start in verse 12. 
So if you're following along, this is Mark 11, verse 12. And I'm actually going to be reading from the New Living Translation. So if you have that translation in front of you, fine. If not, if you just want to listen along and go back later and study it in you know the translations you have on hand, that's fine too. So here, this section is captioned in my Bible as Jesus curses the fig tree. In verse 12 says, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, so it's talking about Jesus and his disciples, Jesus felt hungry. He noticed a fig tree a little way off that was in full leaf. So he went on, so he went over to see if he could find any figs on it. So fig tree, lots of leaves. It said it had full leaves. So there were leaves everywhere. There were lots of leaves on this tree. And so Jesus is thinking, bet, I'm hungry. There's a fig tree with leaves. The implication being there's fruit because there's leaves. But when he got over to it, he couldn't find any figs on it. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no man ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. So see, one thing about Jesus, when he did things, sometimes he would have to put people out because they would just be clogging up the atmosphere, so to speak, their doubt, their unbelief, their foolishness. He, 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 he wasn't big on foolishness. He will put you out. And that's some of us need to adapt that policy. I'm only going to put up with your foolishness for a limited time. And when it, when it's outlived, it's, you know, it's, it's expiration date has come. You got to go. So that's just a little side note, little nugget, but back to the scripture. You might've remembered me saying a moment ago that God is not big on taking up space for taking up space sake. And in essence, this tree was taunting Jesus because here it was standing tall with all these leaves saying, come eat of me. I'm a fig tree. You're hungry. Come get some figs only to find out when you get close to what inspect the fruit. There's no fruit to be found. So yeah, there were all these leaves that looked good. You know, the vanity metrics, all the followers. Oh, I've got 100,000 followers. I've got 50,000 followers. You know, I've got this many people on my email list. And oh, I've got this many subscribers to my podcast. And oh my, I had this many people come to my webinar and my event. And this many people are in my group. But when you get close, there's no fruit. So then you have to ask yourself, if you really want to be honest and real and get some things going in the right direction, am I putting more emphasis on the leaves or the fruit? Success would say there should be fruit where there are leaves. Success would say, I don't really even care about how many leaves there are. Success being God and God, you know, kind of drawing out 
what your life ultimately is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be lived. I'm not really concerned about all these leaves because this tree was in full leaf, meaning it had all the leaves. It's almost like us saying, you know, you have all the things. You've got the platform and you've got the followers and you've got the family. You've got the marriage, the hubby, the wife, the, the kids, the picket fence, the cars, the, the clothes, the look, you know, the career, the job, and the yada, 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 yada. But, and nobody's knocking that in and of itself, but do you have real success? If you stripped away all those trappings today, would you be intact? Would you still be whole? Would you still be successful, i.e. fruitful? And, and I'm no different than anyone else. I'm human. Jesus was human. Who doesn't want, you know, the ability to impact and to have a large, wide span, if that's what God has for you. And see, that's the thing. You have to ultimately be at peace with where God has you and where he has said your scope and the reaches to be. It doesn't mean that it's any less impactful. In fact, sometimes it may be a whole lot more impactful than the big, you know, marquee names and numbers that we come accustomed, we become accustomed to seeing, especially in these recent days and times of social media, you know, when I, when I started my ministry, I was called into the ministry as a teenager, but when I yielded myself to the ministry and really started going after the calling that God placed on my life, social media was a, was a not even a thought at that point. Um, and so that was organic in the real organic sense of build and community and connection and letting the anointing of God on your life make room for you. Your gifts make room for you. Your graces make room for you. And truly focusing on servanthood and what you using your gifts, whether that's in the fivefold ministry like this, or whether that's in another capacity as a business person, as an educator, you know, as a medical professional, as an attorney, whatever that looks like, you know, because I wear we all um, I'm presuming probably have multi you know, gifting. So I, I'm gifted in the corporate and legal arena. I'm gifted as a minister. I'm gifted, you know, um, in the lifestyle and social arts with cooking and writing and travel and all these other things. So God, when he, when he blesses and he graces our lives, he lays it on. You can probably point to multiple things that you're blessed to do and that you do well, but ultimately you have to know the season. Is it the season for that? Have you outlived the season? Is God finished with that season or is he saying, okay, let's keep going. There's more. And when and if you don't see what you deem to be success, are you just going to fold up like a wet towel and drop the ball? Drop the ball? Or are you going to stay faithful to the calling that God has placed on your life? You know, it's everybody can start, but there's something to be said for being consistent. And yes, you do want to be checking in with God because if you're consistent year over year or however long you, you, you gauge it and, you know, maybe things don't appear to be where you think they should be, then yeah, you check in with God and you find out, Lord, okay, 
I'm committed to being instant in season and out of season. Do you want me to continue to do this? Is this how you want to want to use me? So it's a that's why we need God. God never designed our lives to be lived independent of him. You know, like he's just some little magician we put on the shelf and we rub the genie bottle when we need something. And then we go and put him back on the shelf and we go on and live our lives and do our thing and mess stuff up until we need him again. No. He created our lives and our callings and our purposes to be so much bigger than us that we have to have him. We have to depend on him. Otherwise, we'll never make it. And so, yes, it's, it's meant to be a constant engaging and communion with him to, to check in. Okay, Lord, is this what you want me to be doing? Is this what you want me to be saying? Am I going in the right direction? Am I doing that just because I saw her do it and him do it and them do it? Or is it really what you want me to do? And if so, then how do you want me to do it? You know, so, yeah, you, you don't really have time to be out here, you know, creating as you go. You really should be connected to the source because Jesus told us in John 15, he's the vine and we're the branches. And any branch that does not remain connected to the vine is ultimately going to be trash. <laughs> now, did he say trash? Not in so many words. Well, I would say in so many words he did. He did say you're going to basically fall off, die, and be caught up in the brush, which is what? Trash. So, you're the branch. I'm the branch. We need the vine. And we need the vine not only to fuel us, but to direct us. And when we're producing fruit, and when we're connected to the vine, that equals success. And he went on to say in John 15, verse 7, when you are connected to me, when you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you of my Father in heaven. He said the Father is pleased when we bear much fruit. I want you to do a word study on fruitfulness and see how God ranks it. I believe if we had to have a catch-all phrase of success, it would be defined as fruitfulness. Because Jesus cursed that tree. He wasn't interested in why it didn't have any fruit. He wasn't interested in why it had all these leaves and maybe some fruit would come later. No, he deemed it useless. To curse is to empower to fail. And that's exactly how he rendered this tree. He said, nobody's going to eat of you ever again. Now, if you are a tree and your sole mission and purpose in life is to feed people with your fruit, and then Jesus says, nobody's going to ever eat your fruit, then you 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 failed. And the last time I checked, failure is typically the opposite of success. So, we've got to check our fruit. Beloved, we've got to check our fruit of the Spirit. You know, we've got to check 
the fruit of our lives, if we had a microscope and we had to look at the fruit, and, and I'm, I said I was not going to go down a path of talking about <laughs> politics and the election, but without even really having to say anything, I think if you are a person of a certain sensibility, you know, you can see that certain government officials and systems are failures. There's no fruit to be had. And when you no longer are producing fruit, you're useless. You're useless to the purposes and the plans of God. You want to proclaim who you are and your greatness because of your title as a government leader, which really equals and should equal public servant, but you're not producing the fruit of a public servant because you're not truly there to serve the public. You're truly there to perpetuate some grander, some notions of grandeur that you have about yourself. And that's unfortunate and you become useless. And so you don't get reelected and on and on and on. <laughs> I digress. But as we can see here, the Bible made it clear that when Jesus said it, and I started off by saying when he does something, he does it out in the open because he wants people to know it's him. When God moves in our lives, people are going to know it's him. He's not trying to do something in the booth, in the back, in the corner, in the dark. For what? For what? When he blesses you, he's not expecting you to go hide it somewhere in a corner and be ashamed. No, you wear your blessings. You give glory to God. The Bible says when we bear much fruit, that's how we give glory to God. And there are rewards that come with living a godly life. And so when God lays it on you, who are you to go hide it in a sense of false humility? No, you let the world know God is real and he's still in the blessing business. And you're best to get on his side. And he can give you some as well. But he said it, the Bible says. And this sentence, you know how you read things in the word of God and you're like, wow, God really didn't even have to say that. But everything about God is purposeful. He is the most purposeful being there is. And he doesn't do anything without a purpose. And guaranteed, if he wanted, if he, if he had the Holy Spirit give this to them to put in here, he wanted us to have it in here for a reason. It says, and the disciples heard him say it. Now, as we read on in the chapter, we understand and we connect the dots as to why that was so important. Because he was demonstrating faith and action. He was demonstrating the God kind of faith in that whole synopsis with the fig tree and the power of our words to speak a thing decree a thing and have it come to pass and have what you say. And that whole lesson continues down through verse 25, 20 through 20, really 25 um, before it kind of switches gears. But we're going to pick back up in verse 20 because this was one day and within a 24, within a 24 hour period, Jesus had the fruit of what he said 
because it picks back up in verse 20 and says the next morning as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed the disciples noticed it was withered from the roots so see when we speak to things and when Jesus spoke to this tree, the reason it probably didn't fall over dead instantly is because trees have roots that go down deep. But because his words were so potent and so powerful and there was no shred of doubt, it only took 24 hours. And that tree was withered by the roots. Talk about power. Talk about saying something and 24 hours later, you're seeing it, you're sitting in it, you're driving it, you're walking in it, you're living in it, you're wearing it, you're sleeping in it. Imagine that kind of power. Well, it's a, it's a possibility, but it takes a whole lot of fruitfulness. Glory to God. And what Jesus was putting a priority on and what he wanted his disciples to get one of the many, many lessons that he was giving them there was not impressed by all the outward displays, not impressed again, you know, by the leaves, the followers and, you know, the this and the that. I'm impressed by and what matters to me and what makes you useful to the kingdom and, and, and useful for taking up space is the fruit the fruit and defining success by the fruit we bear is the true measure of success have you ever not encountered somebody who had all the trappings and when you looked closer it was just like this fig tree there was nothing there there was no substance and I don't know about you, but I don't have time to waste my, my time on, on things that don't have substance. And you put things in their proper perspective, in their proper category. If, you're, if you were, for instance, looking at a comedian and their platform, well, obviously a comedian is lighthearted by nature. So no, you're not going to get some deep revelation and truth. You might. They might come up through their work. But you're going there for humor. You're going there for lightheartedness. So, you know... As long as they're serving that, then I guess they are being fruitful. But you get what I'm saying. You've, you've encountered people, things, you know. And when you start to look closer, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh, no. And, you know... A lot of people, unfortunately, these days, they're big on being copycats. And they say, you know, copying is the greatest form of flattery. And, and yeah, that's, that's true to a certain extent. But I think there should be something in you that says the creator in me can give me things the same way he gave them things. Doesn't mean you're not inspired. But I see a whole lot of literal copying. And I'm turned off by that. Like that... Is not substance to me. So I move on because once I discern, I'm like, eh, I'm probably going to see that again or I've seen it already. And it, it's just not. You have God of all creation, the creator himself, the author of all creativity, 
who can give you ideas, concepts, and insights just like he does the next person. Go to him. Why what's with your creativity, your ingenuity, something hot from the throne on occasion? It doesn't mean that everything you have has to be, you know, there is nothing new under the sun um, in the purest sense. But when God gives it to you, it should have your unique footprint or handprint on it, I believe. Um, and it should come out of living contact with him. If all you're going to do is just scroll social media and cut and paste, why, 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 does, why does that merit taking up space? See, that's, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about taking up space too. Why does it merit taking up space? Is that successful? Or is it vanity? And when something is vain, if you break down the word vanity... Ecclesiastes talks a lot about it if you want to go read more. But ultimately, when you break it down, it comes from being vain. And what does it mean to be vain? Ultimately, at the root, to be vain is to be useless. It's useless. Jesus deemed this tree as useless. So he put it out of commission. It was lights out. And once again, in that scheme of politics, we've seen a lot of uselessness and there had to be a change. And so it was lights out and prayerfully now lights on for a better day for our nation. So I just wanted you to to kind of recalibrate your success mindset, your definition of success, because you're probably a lot more successful than you think you are and then the world would have you to believe. The world would try to have you believe if you know, you're not famous and a million people don't know your name and know who you are, then you know, you're not really doing anything with your life. The devil is a liar. And so many people are going to be shocked, I believe, when we get to heaven. Because when God does start giving out gifts and rewards, he's using his metric. He doesn't really care. It doesn't matter what you thought about it. It doesn't matter that you thought it was more sexy to be a rapper or a professional athlete or, you know, some mogul. than to do what he called you to do. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It doesn't matter what I think about it. It only matters what God thinks and says about it. So I encourage you to check up on how you define success. Spend some time in prayer over it and get yourself in a healthy, God-focused frame of mind, frame of measure as we close out 2020 and prepare to enter into 2021. God has never stopped blessing. He's never given up his throne and he never will, no matter what happens in this earth. And as long as we're tied into him, as long as we're connected to that vine, you know, try as we might, He's not going to let us go without a fight. And so 
you just stay with him. And when we fall and inevitably we all make mistakes, we miss it at this point or that point, you know, you lose your temper, you say something you shouldn't have said, you do something you shouldn't have done, you know, whatever the case may be, you come back into the fold, you repent, you judge those things of your life against the word and say, I don't want that in my life. That's not God. And you continue to grow just as you do in the natural. Bit by bit, step by step, grace to grace, glory to glory. And ultimately, you reach your destination or your destiny. Glory to God. I want to thank you so much for listening today. I thank you for tuning in. I pray that you will share the podcast, that you will be liberal um, in sharing it with your networks. Download it, listen to it again and again, tell a friend or two or three or five, um, and stay connected with me. I would love that. Online at dawnrichards.org. Tons of resources and spiritual um, goodies there from devotionals to articles to Bible studies to Bible reading plans to, um, you know, ministry on demand just lots and lots of good stuff there and more to come, um, you know, in the days and in the weeks and the months and the years ahead, social media, uh, Facebook, Dawn Richards ministries, Instagram, Dawn Richards, men, Twitter, Dawn Richards, men. And I look forward to being back with you again really soon. I love you praying for you and God bless you as you enjoy the good life and live intentionally.